Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome. Everything is fine. No, that's the like, good place thing. I can't, can't steal that steal from it. They'll sue us. Welcome to Only Stupid Answers, the best thing podcast you can put your little ears into. Everyone's mm-hmm. got little tiny ears. Not enough podcasts to put in there. So no. we're glad that you've chosen this podcast. There's just not podcast. enough podcasts. Not enough. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot. Yeah. You got to find the good ones, and we're right in the medium place, baby. Thank you for joining us. We're going to be talking about the good place today with your old pal, Sam and DJ. DJ, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I mean, I'm as depressed as you can be after watching this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. All my tears are gone. Has ended. I didn't drink any water before I watched it because I knew no. if I'm just going to dehydrate myself right out. Mm-hmm. Can't cry if you don't have any liquid inside you, baby boys and girls. That's drink science. your water. <laughs> That's <laughs> go drink science. water. I had to drink after I'd go to the hospital. This is the podcast where we talk about movies, mm-hmm. TV shows, yes. comics. Those are ones. Video games. Yes. And all of the above. By the way, in the video game vertical... The new update to Mac, which Mac just let Steam like play most of their games on Macs. Yeah. The update stopped 32-bit games from being played. Mm-hmm. So all my purchases don't work anymore on cool. Steam. You have to have 64-bit. And they're like, well, you can download this thing. But the game is still 32-bit, which it's like I fucking know what the fuck mm-hmm. I'm talking about. But like I, now I can't play it. I don't know how to do it. And I don't want to go buy a PC just to play my Steam games. Yes. So I'm mad. If anyone has an answer, please uh, tweet me at Sam Basher. But today, yes. even though we do like to talk about superhero stuff, we're going to be talking about the finale to one of uh, one of the greats. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Good Place had its 90-minute, hour-and-a-half uh, finale this past week, and we've been talking about it over on the Discord, which you can join at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. And now we're going to try to dive into it and talk about the show as a whole, answer some of your questions, and just, I don't know, just fucking... Celebrate an amazing show that was a very... Uh, it's cool that the guy who helped develop Parks and Rec was able to create a Lost-like twist mm-hmm. and then try to tackle big philosophy questions in the guise of a mm-hmm. half-hour weekly comedy from one of the big networks. Yeah, he went he went from a comedy about um, local politics yeah. and bureaucracy to uh, philosophy in the afterlife. He likes to pick like the big fun stuff that yeah. everybody loves talking about. Yeah, you just need the right teacher. Yeah. What is it? You, know, you say like the... There are no bad characters, just bad writers. Yeah. And so you've just had a lot of bad writers trying to tackle philosophy. What you needed was yeah. uh, Michael Schur, yeah. Megan Amram. And next he's, he's going to do uh, a math class or something. You I know can't I mean? wait. Teach uh, me. Mail. Calculus. <laughs> <laughs> well, how important is mail? And yeah. at the end, we're all like weeping. We're yeah. like, oh, my God. It's so important. I got to be a mailman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a pretty big pitch for mailmen in the good place with uh, the yes, outfits that yes, GD wears. But that's true. getting ahead of ourselves. So we will be talking about the finale and the show as a whole. Uh, if you've not watched the show, but you are checking out this podcast, I don't know how to recommend the show enough. Yes. And we'll kind of dive into that too, why this show like took a second to take off. But I feel like a lot of Michael Shearer's some shows sometimes take a minute to find the right audience. Like yes. Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah. had a crazy resurgence once it went to NBC and it got renewed for like three seasons once it landed yeah. there. Because um, Fox is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um 
but what are you going to do? Uh, but before we get into that, quick shout out to patreon.com slash only stupid answers. For the past couple of years, we've been doing Super TV Showdown, a show yeah. where we watch all the CW superhero shows, the Netflix ones, the Freeform ones, the ABC TV <laughs> ones, it, just all of them. Yeah. Every single one you could possibly imagine. And that show has gone on hiatus. Yeah. But, and so we, that will not be a week to week show that we're going to be doing anymore. Uh, for those of you who've been supporting us on Patreon for that reason, we appreciate the years of support and we hope. You give us just a sec because we want to launch a new show where we will get to watch new things with you guys and review along with you. And we want to actually have this conversation on Patreon. So if you haven't been a part of it or if you were part of it a long time ago and you want to check it out again, as low as five bucks a month, we're going to be asking your guys' feedback on what you would like to see moving forward. Because we're still going to be talking about these shows. Yes. Just not week to week because also, gang... Have you been watching Black Lightning? <laughs> like, or like Supergirl when it gets into like the magic witch stuff? It's, listen, here's it's, the thing. It's there, rough. There's, there's more and more shows, and it, we just couldn't do it. We just couldn't do yeah. it anymore. They just keep they're launching new shows next season, and it, it they beat us. Yeah. They beat us. It's just because like even if we talk about like one or two, people are like, well, why don't you talk about the other mm-hmm. one? Yeah. So it's like I, it felt like an all or nothing thing. Yeah, and with the finale of Arrow, we. Finale, good place this week. Also, the finale of Arrow oh felt God, like a so good time. <laughs> yeah, it felt like a good time. And also, if you want to hear our thoughts on the Arrow finale uh, and all that stuff, all those episodes still exist at patreoncom answers, All those discussions, and um, yeah, and and Sam and I have been doing that for a while now since yeah. back since back in the SourceFed days. God, so six, seven years. Uh, wow. In fact, I, I think it's fair to safe to say that you we have that show to thank for this sh- the show that we're actually doing right this second. This podcast, yeah, yeah this podcast. So, um, so that's that. But I'm. I'm genuinely excited for what we're going to do next. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been a blast going on that journey. But before we dive into another finale, a good place finale, Sam, mm-hmm. what are you into this week? Well, I did want to talk about a few comics really quick. Um, <gasps> on this show? Also, I think I mentioned this, did I mention this last week or just during the week? Uh, Disney Plus, uh, if I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, original content feels like it's not aimed, like I can't really find anything new that's really getting me, except for Short Circuit, which... I'll just voice the same opinion everyone else has. It is not related to the Short Circuit film (laughs) franchise in literally any way. If I remember correctly, you and I had a similar... Uh, response when we saw it where it's like oh, short circuit is on? oh no it's no, not that it, it's, it's not it's what you think also it is. something to be excited about but not what you think can we get the short circuit movie on disney plus or some other app is all i'm saying like an animated johnny five story yes. where he travels the country because johnny five is alive yeah he has a jump and yeah. you're like wait how do you jump and you're <laughs> it like, doesn't, doesn't matter, matter. <laughs> why does he have a kite built into him doesn't yeah. matter mm-hmm. why is that white guy playing an indian guy doesn't no, matter no, no, <laughs> doesn't matter um but <laughs> anyways um short circuit is a collection of short films like short short shorter than most of the youtube videos you guys watch uh on disney plus where they brought in different directors or people who were pas and got writing gigs at disney got to pitch an original story and uh they got to animate it like there's a story called puddles where a young boy figures out that he can if he jumps into a puddle after it rains he can pop out a different one yeah it's just a fun story i don't know i can't say more because they they do have their own narratives the one i really liked was um was it i think it was like hair jitsu where this young girl who had like uh was a taking like taekwondo yeah had to go get a haircut because her hair's too long and Mm -hmm. it's now getting in the way of her fighting but she's like really resistant so it is personified like she's using her hair like medusa from the comics cool. and fighting uh barbers at the at the barber shop and yeah, it's really cool. cute and she looks like a troll doll because the hair yeah. moves independently yeah very cute so check that out it's very uh, adorable and each of them <laughs> i just forgot what was open on my comic app <laughs> reading sex criminals right now so that <laughs> so you can guess um but yeah let's talk about some comics that came out this week that were pretty cool uh action comics just yes. overall i enjoyed it yes john Romina jr 
doesn't know what a gorilla looks like, and that's okay. I, I didn't mind it. I didn't but mind it. But he doesn't it. know what a gorilla... I don't mind it either. He do, That's not what gorillas look like. <laughs> but who knows what talking psychic gorillas look like? Well, like the rest of the how they've been interpreted uh, yeah. for 60 plus years. But yeah, in that issue, we get Leviathan meeting the Legion of Doom and just being respectful and cordial like he's basically been with everybody else. <laughs> I, love, I like the way the he world. talks. Yeah, I, yeah. It's... It, I like that they both have valid criticisms of both of you where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're tearing it all down. And you're not talking to anybody about it. Then they're going to revolt against you yeah. very quickly. Uh, super dug that dial H for hero. I can't talk about it enough because it kicks just so much ass. It's like really Sam Humphreys, friend of the show, yeah. uh, does an amazing job as a writer, but Joe Quinones is like a goddamn madman. You know what I mean? It's like, crazy. It's crazy what he's able to do issue to issue. And spe- specifically when you have different... Because for those that don't know, Dial H, uh, there's this thing called H-Dial. It looks like an old rotary phone that when you dial here on it, you become a random hero. Yeah. And now we've introduced different H-Dials that function slightly a bit differently. But that's that's the brass tacks right there. So, And in this version of the book, every time you do an H-Dial, it's also kind of a reference to a different era or a different genre of comics. So you might have two or three different comic genres interacting at the same time and it's just insane it's just insane it's crazy that one it doesn't feel like one writer like one artist is doing all of it because of how dynamic it all is just a quick shout out too to hawkeye freefall because hawkeye in comics is still a million times better than what's been in the movies even though some of the movie stuff has been good yes comic hawkeye's fucking hilarious he he's allowed to get the shit kicked out of him all the time and the only reason he survives is because these two stubborn to die basically mm-hmm. uh but uh, overall i just wanted to give a shout out to that but one thing oh uh people who are reading uh, or light fans of the suicide squad movie here's a better version of the suicide squad read yeah. the comic right now written by tom taylor and bernard what was it ronaldo let me get the artist, the artist yeah i don't know uh um but it is shipping redondo up, redondo it's it is shaping up to be like an all-time great suicide squad run i'm very interested to see where it goes next and it kicks a lot of ass but something just popped in my brain thor thor been reading thor thor is now Thor's a herald good. of galactus that one's cool and well, they're doing i do it is does get into a little bit of the like uh galactus has to eat these mystical worlds so like what, what time out what makes them what, what does that mean what is what's the implications of that but i did like them saving um the race that is now living on asgard so they're trying to figure out what to do with these people on asgard like these goat people yeah yeah, yeah. because that was the deal it was and also galactus kind of fucked up they're like yeah you were just supposed to leave a husk of a world and yeah. we were going to figure that out later yeah no he uh bad guy <laughs> bad guy uh i you know, i guess the only last thing i'll i'll give a shout out to is something is killing the children over yeah. at boom because boom also did Giant Days, and yeah. a very opposite book from that is Something mm-hmm. is Killing the Children, where it's a genuine monster mo- uh, comic where anything you did as a kid to like try to like talk to an otherworldly being, what if it did show up? And mm-hmm. it, it, it kills children, yeah. based on the title. Uh, and so far, it's been just... It's harrowing, but it's yeah. not like... Uh, like, uh, like violence porn. It's yeah. like, it is like interesting what they're setting up so far and uh also i just want to give a shout out because this week issue 26 the last arc for sex criminals came out and Mm -hmm. so it's the beginning of the end yeah um and i so i'm going back and rereading all of it because it's chip zardowski who i can't shut up about he writes daredevil right now but also he is an artist and he does the art for this and matt fraction who is our boy doing jimmy olsen yeah is the writer and it's just a hilarious story of and, and Something is just refreshing where they can make like sex jokes, but they're doing it. It's like blue humor, but it's not because mm-hmm. it's not like someone like 
waving their genitals around or something. It's like they're trying to tell like a, a, a an intelligent, an emotionally intelligent story mm-hmm. that has to do with sex about like how we each have our own self discovery when it comes to it because no one talks about it. Yeah. And uh, then they add in a element where these two people, when they have sex, time stops for some yeah. reason, and then they commit crimes in the in what they call the quiet. And yeah. it's be- it's a beautiful realization of that. Um, <laughs> And also, Chip Zardesky's art is a weird mix of, like, it looks like I could do it, but at the same time, clearly I can't, because yeah. he is doing a good job, but it's not, like, winning any awards, yeah, yeah. but he is very talented. Yeah. So when you find out that he's a very good writer and he's a good artist, you're like, cut it out. sucks. Cut it out. Well, out. He, won, he actually did the art and the writing for Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man 350, okay. and he won an Eisner for that. Nice. As a as an issue that one uh definitely made me cry and danny m says i read thor 2 new mutants x-force x-force kicks ass fallen angels x-men doctor strange the end and yeah wow you read a you read a lot i'm gonna be so so i was picking up of the new x books i was picking up marauders and then for some reason i couldn't get issue three anywhere i guess there's like a shipping problem and i finally did get it and now it's like issue seven or some shit but i finally got issue three uh and i think I think I'm just going to save the money. Not that it's not good. It is good. But I think it ships twice monthly. Yeah. It, I, when I oh, man, keep seeing I gotta, it because I subscribed to it on Comicology, yeah. and I was like, maybe I should slow down because I don't – it is good. Good, but it's just, a, it's just a money thing, man. Like, And there's so many X books, and it's it's just a lot. It's just a lot. And um, yeah, right now Marvel, I'm picking up Thor and – It's a fun one. Thor. I, yeah, I wasn't – I'm not a huge Thor fan. Mm-hmm. We actually talked a little bit. You know, I've been watching Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. And I finally got to the episode where they introduced Better A Bill. And I love Better A Bill. But I couldn't explain to you why. I can't. For some reason, Thor, pff, don't don't love Thor. Thor is horse guy? Yeah. But I don't know why. Like, I don't, it's not like, I'm, it's it's not like a horse guy is cool. It's, like, it's not like he's a tiger dude. Like, something that's that I would find inherently cooler. But it's cool. Like, and, and, and clearly, because in this animated show, they took the time to introduce Better A Bill. It's just a side thing. There's a fan base for Better A Bill. But why? <laughs> Wait, and also, he's not that not, he's not cool, but he, like he's not from a race of horse people. No, and they even talk about it. In the show. I, I assume that if you were ever to introduce Better A people, Better A Bill now, you just, that's how his like race Drax. looks. Do yeah. it like Drax, where it's like you got rid of that he was a human who played saxophone. Get that, rid of all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah just streamline <laughs> it. That's the, what the alien race looks like. But on the show, they even talk about how he was mutated to be a better warrior to protect his people. And it made his head longer. It made his. It made him a horse person. Like it, it's like a human's jaw got pulled out about a foot from it's his face. It's not quite like that because the his race they don't have like noses and stuff like that. It's it, they're just flat orange people. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then it got. But for some reason, he's so cool to me. He no, and he, he looks cool. And he's got but when and they show regular like, and he was people. On, he was on. He was on like uh, the uh, Donny Cates uh, Guardians run. There's a fan base for Better A Bill, but I, I I wonder what what is that that like makes him appealing well, in that way then you must have been happy that he showed up in issue two for thor that was a, a little tease at the end at the end of thor he did show up that's With right the big mohawk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looks, oh and the looks, mohawk looks, looks really cool yeah and he's got like a big i was tank. thinking more the 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 tease that got me more on board it was actually reading guardians one i was like oh this is cool the idea of like the greek gods being reborn as these like cosmic psychos i was like oh that's cool that's cool and then the spoilers for that but it was a couple weeks ago with hercules showing up i was like oh man Oh, yeah. This looks like oh, this. I'm, I mean, this looks like a lot of fun. I don't know why we keep spending time. What is it with Moon Dragon and Phila Vale? Vale. Phila. Phila Vale. 
Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. The Blue. Quasar slash. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what their deal is. Like, we keep spending time with them. I still don't know what their deal is. I think Al Ewing has already done more than what Donnie Cates That's, did yes, to explain agreed. it. Which, nothing, not knocking Donnie, because he could yeah. just have those characters, so he's trying to do something. But, like, they they just are leftovers. Yeah. And, it, and it sucks that, like, it's so confusing that you're even here. Yeah. Um, regardless, uh, Al Ewing's Guardians, number one, they finally are dressing, because he did those giant X-Men crossovers, like No Road's Home and everything. Okay, okay, okay. And that Hercules tease was at the end of the last one, that he, that the Greek gods were killed, mm-hmm. like, eviscerated and gone. Yeah. But they, they said that, like, yeah, we kind of get reborn all the time. And also the Eternals were killed, too. So yeah. it's like, I think... I think what they're doing is they're like, kind of like marrying the two. Cool. Um, uh, just the idea of Hercules joining up with the Guardians in this like floating Olympus where the Greek gods are like psychos. Like, yeah, that's cool. They like I'm pop in. in and out of reality yeah. and stuff. That's It was very Al Ewing. And I was like, yep, I'm, I'm into more it. with this. I'm into it. I, li- I like where they're going with that and I'm excited for that. But the comic you should all be picking up and clearly you didn't because now it's going on hiatus. It's <laughs> Criminal. You should all pick up Criminal. Criminal is so freaking good. It's written by Ed Brubaker with art by Sean Phillips. And, and it just... I love the book so much because it's um, he mentioned there's a uh, a like a letter from the writer at the end of every issue mm-hmm. and you know when, when I was younger I would skip that stuff but I've actually found like or forwards in graphic novels they'll do forwards and I actually have gotten a lot of merit out of reading the forwards and stuff like that you find a lot of like context and insight and um, I, just, I just think it can be really interesting and he talked about how like you know thanks for the uh, uh, you know the people that bought this comic to give to their parents to show them that comics aren't just for kids and i'm like actually this if that's i if i were to say a comic it's hard to think of a comic that is more adult that almost sounds negative mm-hmm. but more adult and just the mature way that it it goes about telling its story it's like it's like if you were and this is you know what honestly this is probably why it doesn't do better it's like if you were to sit down and watch um a a, a like crime movie from the 70s like one of those like like a serpico or some shit you know what i mean because you like know it's good yeah and it's and when it's also this kind of like it's back when we took that stuff seriously it's not everything needed to have like all this whiz wazzes and doodads we were just telling a story that was talking about people and how people deal with this stuff or like a classic like martin scorsese flick or whatever that's what reading criminal is like and i find that very comforting and very thoughtful and very um it's just it's engrossing and art perfectly marries the script and it's just and i don't know why it took me so long to read this comic regularly because they've been coming out more like an anthology like six six issue spats and this is the first time they've done like a 12 issue run and it's just really good and if you get a chance all those collections are out pick one pick any of them pick pick one um they've got a new graphic novel coming out called pulp i believe it comes out in may so you can start pre-ordering it now and i'm definitely 100 gonna get it um but it's just one of those like the last issue is just it's just really like good it's just really good uh and give stuff like that a chance i know like we all love the superhero stuff and I, i'm not even i'm not even dinging it i love that stuff too um and we'll we'll read some of the bigger and comics lend themselves i think to bigger higher concept stuff but this is just a really good comic a really good story a really like in part of this 12 issue run was bad weekend which you can get as a standalone trade Mm -hmm. um that involves one of the characters because they kind of jump through time and with different characters but it's all that it's all like the same stable one of these characters ends up having to basically babysit 
um, an aging comic creator that he interned with. And it kind of shows you the, the, the seedy side of the comic industry. Specifically, I believe that story takes place in the 90s. And so when the the comic artist he's with his career was mostly in like the 60s and 70s and stuff and this is all stuff ed brubaker collected from stories he heard when he was going to conventions and people he talked to and stuff like that and it's it's maybe just pick up bad weekend you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it's only like two or three issues they added some extra material for the trade so that can't be that expensive pick that up especially if you love comics you'll love that give it a shot just give it a shot. try something new baby uh to end what we're into this week, yes. I would like a, to share a story, a true story from comic writer Mark Wade. Okay. If you've heard this, let me know, but okay. I will read it because it's bananas. Several years ago, I, this is from his point of view. Several years ago, I had done an over-the-phone college radio interview with a couple of guys in Vermont. Chat went fine. I remembered to mention what a genius Alex Ross uh, is nine times. We probably moved some trade paperbacks in the process. Once the interview was done, one of them explained that they ran a store in one of Vermont's largest towns and asked if I'd be interested in doing an in-person signing. Sure, I said. At the time, I was living in Brooklyn, so it would have been a short flight, and I'd never been to Vermont before. Fly up late on Saturday morning, uh, home Sunday morning. Uh, See the sights, meet some fans. Great, I said. Set me up. The flight on one of those twin uh, engine jobs uh, where they discount your ticket if you bring your own helmet was, despite the tiny cabin, spectacular. Honestly, there wasn't a cloud in the sky at any point during the trip, and I just stared out my window at the beautiful farmland below. Landed around noon. My hosts were there to pick me up. They were a little younger than I had figured they were going to be, but at least they were at the gate like they, they promised they'd be. And besides, I'd never been very good at picking up on giant red flags. So they piled me into their 1932 Hup Mobile, and though we didn't have a whole lot of time before the signing was scheduled to begin, they decided to give me a tour of their city. Here's the college, they remarked as we drove by. Cool. Store's probably nearby, right? Where's the store? And here's the business district. This is the downtown area here. And here over here is the restaurant row. Nice. Very pretty. Very picturesque. Uh, where's the store? Uh, now, now, now down here is the old mill. Been closed for a while. Did they kidnap Mark, Mark Way? But it's still a big tourist draw. <laughs> That is something. Yes, sir. So where's the store? Well, Mr. Wade, about that. There was no store. Let me repeat that. There was no store. Instead, there were, in this town, two comic fans who had pulled their lawn mowing money to pay for a LaGuardia du Vermont plane ticket from their very soon-to-be favorite writer so they could meet him and own him for a day. There was no store. Now, as it, as it goes on, this story talks about how he was thinking about, like, so if I, like, had to could i like snap their necks and like get out of here and he's like no i couldn't do that like i'm not strong enough and also they're like kids like i can't do that but like what if they have like a gun or something and so he's like talking 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 and finally he says uh, because of his morbid curiosity and because he loves a good story he kept going and as it went basically he they took him to a diner where 19 of their friends were there with like trades to like meet him and eat and he asked so he got there in the afternoon and they're driving around so he they had a 7 30 dinner he asked if they went to dinner immediately and it was five o'clock so he ate and then took him to a motel room where there was no cable tv so he just had to like sit there quietly the next morning they offered to take him to breakfast and he said no and uh when he came outside there were the same 19 people outside there with more comics for him to sign so once he got to the airport and he noticed that there were security around he uh really hounded them that he said this is uh, he he, <laughs> he knew that they didn't know what they were doing yeah but this is, he basically laid out that you kidnapped him. Yeah. You lied to him yeah. and you flew him up here for no reason and he did not have a means of escape. Yeah. So you kidnapped him. Yeah. And, uh, and they, he, they were asking, before that, they were asking for pointers to be in the comic industry. He's like, no, you yeah. won't. Like, you yeah. won't. Like, not only, and he's like, 
I'm not knocking any of your creative stuff because they kept trying to give him pitches. And yeah. they're like, I'm not going to... He described it as, yeah, each of these like 19 guys had pitches for these like no characters no one's fucking heard about for like 60 years that yeah. want to bring them back. Like, I don't care yeah. because I'm not safe right now. Yeah, I'm not yeah. safe in any of this. Anyways, wanted to share that story about how Mark Wade got kidnapped. Yeah. Um, it was a uh, delight. And on that note... On that note, also Danny M in the chat, uh, we're, we're reading My Heroes Are All Junkies at uh, Book Club for February. And that's kind of like... Uh, it's not technically part of the criminal universe, but it's kind of like involves some of the characters or whatever. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and if anyone wants One to read that, I think. Uh, called uh, Comic Book Resource uh, published that uh, it was a, it was called a Cupo Cupo something, yeah. and it's like an interview series they do with comic book creators. That was actually an interview with Joe Casada, and Joe mentioned yeah. the story, and so they reached out to Mark. It's not called just, a Cup of Joe because I think Joe has a, a, Cup of, has, I mean, has like a series that he talks to people called Cup of Joe. It could be that, but okay. it's, I think Comic Book Resource does it, so I was Got, confused. Yeah, by maybe. It. Um, but they they published. Uh, Mark sent them that write up in an email, and he's like, "Yeah, you can publish it." Um, yeah, that. Jeez. And oh, I'm sorry if I make just this. take him to a shop, man. There's got to be a shop in town. There isn't. Um, uh, six months later, this is how he finishes it. Another pro called me uh, for info. He remembered that I'd been invited to Vermont, and he was interested in taking a trip uh, there if they'd fly him in. He tried calling ahead, but for some reason, Directory Assistance didn't have any comic book stores listed in the area. Go figure. They tried again. They fucking tried again. And Mark was like, do it, man. Yeah, come on. Do, 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 do yeah, free it. trip. Yeah. Free trip. Motel fucking blows and the food's fine. <laughs> man. Anyways, I read that this morning and I was oh. like, <laughs> oh my God. And like, it's like, yeah, these, these fucking guys are never going to meet these people, like these yeah. writers. So what do you do? You trick them. <laughs> you tr- you trick lie them. and trick them. <laughs> Awful. Don't do that. Don't, uh, don't do that. That's bad. Uh, well, yeah. now and then with the internet, you can at least Google. It's like, where's the closest comic shop to this store? It's like, oh, which one are you talking about? The mm-hmm. one that's like 300 miles away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 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 Yeah. So. There you go. Yeah, because yeah. Soda has a panel at, at cons called Cup of Joe. There Got you go. Yeah, so yeah. so uh, let's talk about the afterlife. Sam, where do you think you're going to go when you're done? <laughs> a medium place. Man, I love... I love the pitch for what the afterlife could be in this show. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like, cause it's, are you talking about what it is originally or what it ends up being? What it was originally. Yeah. Everyone goes to the bad place. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> just goes, straight goes to the bad place. Yeah. Um, which sometimes you feel that way where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, why not? You know, like yeah. they, they come up with reasons that it's more complicated that even good people end up down there. Where yeah. it's, and also I like that when we get to the episode, when they finally do go to the good place and you meet those people who are there, I'm like, this actually might be everybody. <laughs> like, you know, like it's yeah, exactly. a, this might be everyone who's here. That's My why my favorite <laughs> joke is the one guy. And I think he's actually a, uh, an ancient philosopher because they say his name or whatever. But he's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I died from a cut. I would have oh, yeah. killed for a vaccine. It's crazy that you all hate them now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I died from just a regular old cut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll link you to the story, Danny. Um, I'll link you to the story for Mark Wade. But um, I, I'd like... I like the exploration of it because it's it's not only like Mike Sure, I highly recommend the Good Place podcast when he comes on to talk about it because there are new episodes out and I haven't checked who the guests are, yeah. but I'm hoping it's Mike Sure because I want to hear like his final thoughts on yeah. like how they got to this this ending. Also, if you've ever wanted to write anything, his writer's room sounds like a goddamn dream come true. Yeah. Because, like, you, you get it's always a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get if you go into a writer's room. Like, I fucking know. But, mm-hmm. um, it sounds like he really tries to foster a healthy environment where everyone can pitch ideas. Yeah. He still has say because mm-hmm. um, it's his it's his show. Yeah. Um, but he he knows how to surround himself with people that can work together in a really it's just in a really healthy way, and he's able to bring up a lot of creative voices that makes me happy. And yeah. the original pitch he had for this show was 
like he he himself had a point system in his own brain like a video game and how he described it was like if he got cut off in traffic he's like oh that person lost 15 points like mm-hmm. that's that's gone bad place or like, or like uh, going to hell going to whatever um and so he wanted to explore that and actually to get ted danson to join a project he and his friend were going to him to pitch this other show where he like ted danson was gonna be the star of the show where like it was like a mining town in like central California or something. He was like this judge and like, you know, it's like already kind of boring. And like Ted was like, I I don't, I don't want to do that. And like, uh, Michael was like, I kind of want to, I had this other idea I'm working on. And he, he already had the first season mapped out. Yeah. So he pitched it to him and Ted was like, Oh my God. And he's like, yeah. And I've also kind of talked to Kristen Bell about it. Like, Oh my God. Like they were friends outside of it because they did a movie about saving whales in Alaska (laughs) or something (laughs) like that. Um, a couple of years before, which I, I didn't see, but I vaguely remember that in movie theaters. Uh, so, and the idea that the first season possibly could map out that, or the first, the initial idea for the show being maybe looking if there is a road map, map somehow to find out how to be a good person. Yeah. Like, they're like, we're not going to find it. Yeah. But like, if we found the beginnings of it, like, that would be cool. And then immediately he's like, oh, you can't. Yeah. Like, not that you, everyone is a bad person Mm -hmm. but there are too many variables for you to be a fully good person and if you think about it for too long you'll have a panic attack that's why you create a character like chidi who can't who who can who can't live a normal human life because of all of what he's burdened with and also the definition of uh the really frustrating thing is the definition of what is good changes from person to person Mm -hmm. you know what i mean of what the definition of what defines a good person so finding something that is the the concrete like uh empirical that's good that's bad is is different especially for us i interestingly um i've been doing some research into existentialism and stuff like that and for fun for fun just for me um and this there's a um what's it what's it called it's it's like um to be a bat or something like that and this idea of like um a bat wouldn't be able to understand what how because of the way it perceives reality through echolocation and all that stuff it would not necessarily be well equipped to understand how a human would because it's it, its outlook on reality is fundamentally different mm. um and that dives into this this idea that maybe we are under the assumption that our brains are equipped to deter are are best equipped to determine what is the best way to be a human it might not it might not be mm-hmm. like it might not be the right tool we might be working with hammers trying to screw a screw you know what i mean like we're not we're not actually equipped to understand our place in the universe even though we try to you know um so yeah that's what the good place is dealing with that's what, <laughs> yeah. easy peasy yeah um so as the show progressed and uh, when you started watching in third season right yeah, I think I had I to spoil say, the ending of season one yes. for you, so you to, to get you at least enticed to check yes, it out. Yes, because the because it's it is a weird bit. Like I don't know, there's, it's you don't necessarily think there's a lot to be dramatized by being in heaven. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's a it's a it's a fun concept that someone who's not supposed to be there is there. Yeah, and it it does address immediately that like oh if she's there it's a mix up. Yeah, and someone who's not supposed to be there is mm-hmm. being tortured. Yeah eternally mm-hmm. and since time doesn't work the same way they could be there for hundreds maybe thousands of years until you fix this yeah which is <laughs> an awful idea yeah. and and it deals with like does she deserve to even have the chance to be better mm-hmm. does uh is that even is there a point since you already lost your chance to be a good person yeah. on earth what's the point anymore mm-hmm. you had your shot and you blew it yeah and 
she's an it's hard to remember that like she can be difficult like Mm -hmm. uh, Kristen Bell's character Eleanor uh, which on the podcast they talk about that they told Ted Danson in season four that like you know you say you're the only one who says Eleanor's name differently and he's like no I don't Mm -hmm. yeah you say Eleanor Mm -hmm. and it's Eleanor and he's like no yeah we're saying the same thing it's Eleanor Mm -hmm. it's it's so funny that he can't see what he's saying but he clearly does say it differently than everybody else in the show Um, but at points during the show like you can see that like, oh, there's, like, remnants of her being a difficult person. But in season one, when you watch it, like, she's a bad person. Yeah. She's actively doing things that is that are appalling to the audience. Mm-hmm. But she strives to be a better person. And yeah. by the end of it, she's a better person than I think, than, than me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think she does things that are more selfless. And, I mean, she saves the entire afterlife. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Has a hand in it. Yeah. Um, and... It's hard to remember that because in season four, we introduce another character who is objectively worse than Eleanor. Oh, my God. I love there's a there's a callback to him Good. in the finale. That's it's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Yeah. Brett. Yeah. Uh, Brett's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was described as a diaper load of a human being. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's yeah. very good. Um, and uh, we want justice mm-hmm. for the injustices we feel and the ones we see in the world. And at a certain point. It, it the the show manages to tackle in a very respectful and just level headed way that anybody is redeemable. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are like percentage wise, there are people in this new afterlife that just never get to go to the good place. Yeah, because well, in but the new version, by the end of the show, what we've done is basically it's it's almost kind of like a, a classic purgatory situation where mm-hmm. you go into the bad place to basically work your way towards a better understanding of basically what our characters went through. All the all the three to four seasons worth of stuff that they went through taught them to be better people. So they're basically putting everybody through that system to become better people. And, you know, some of them, you know, like, like Hitler, the heat death of the universe might happen before he's ever (laughs) able to work off the points that he put in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and like, when they talk about, because when they're getting to this end, they start talking about cruelty and, yeah, everyone having a medium place possibly i, I love that they explore that because that always seemed like the answer right off the bat like yeah. of course they're eventually going to get to the point that this whole show is the journey for for people but when they talk about the medium place as an option it is another analogy for for purgatory yeah but it's all, it sounds like way more work for everybody mm-hmm. else because it's you don't get to see anyone you love yeah. but also like we can't like torture you mm-hmm. but you can't get anything like you really like but you can't again you, you yeah. can't get like beat up every day yeah. and you can't be eating like garbage but spiders yeah but yeah. spiders lots of them mm-hmm. and some people in there in this new afterlife where they have to go through the cycle might have that yeah but after a while mm-hmm. i love that they get to have they get to sit down and talk and they get evaluated or they get assessed yeah by a good place and a bad place arch- architect and then they get to try again yeah God damn it, this show's so fucking good. And each, uh, Mike sure does a good job finding, you get your flagship people. Yeah. You get your Amy Poehler, you get your... Uh, Kristen Bell. Who's in the office? Uh, <laughs> Steve Carell. Steve Carell, yeah. I know, I was Michael Scott was in my head. I was like, what's the guy's name? Yeah. Uh, you're Andy Samberg or Andre yeah. Brower. Um, you get your person, but then you you flush it out with so many supporting characters that are that are widely unknown yeah um well they even like talked in, about that in the in the finale the the kind of the, it's like 90 minutes but like the last 20 is this q a with seth myers with the main cast and oh, they cool. and they even talked about how basically it was you know it was uh Kristen bell and ted danson and then these people were kind of unknowns and and how they you know how ted danson and Kristen bell were were so giving to 
the new, the young blood, as it were. Like Jamila Jamil, she was a, basically, if you went 10 notches up from what we do, like Mm -hmm. in this industry, that's what she was doing. And this was her first acting career. Because she's like, I didn't want to do this like that wasn't the that wasn't the goal because she was a host for like bbc radio yeah um basically it's like what mod does like if yeah. mod like got cast on something like this like that's basically it which would have been really cool yeah. um and i love that they were looking for for her character who's the exact opposite from Kristen bell mm-hmm. physically yeah, <laughs> like yeah. every every proportion and yeah. ev- and just everything and uh at least for eleanor then it's somebody who is uh, socially and like for their like work more successful overall yeah. uh, someone who immediately intimidates Eleanor to her core um, and I love that like they said that was really hard but did they at all talk about when casting Janet because they didn't understand what the character was going to be when they were casting Mm-mm. so they brought like when <laughs> Darcy Carden was like yeah the the waiting room for the audition there, there were no one looked like me no one looked like each other it was yeah. like there were like children there there were old men there there yeah. were people of color like there was like no i don't know yeah. because the original idea was that janet was going to be like a kiosk that you yeah. could go to and hit a button and you could talk to a voice and yeah. then as they worked together they were able because they didn't know what they wanted janet to be but they yeah. needed a way to distill information down in a fun way but it couldn't also solve all the problems immediately mm-hmm. so they are like and also they can't even though they call her not a girl throughout the whole show they're like yeah we can't figure out what to call her because <laughs> she's not like a palm pilot yeah she's more than that yeah and it's like complicated. Yeah. And i love that the show never really gets to we don't know what she is yeah. she's magic mm-hmm. to put it plainly yeah she's a witch we can't use afterlife magic to help me learn guitar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the MCU guys in the chat, in the Discord chat, uh, that MCU guy says, I'm in the opinion that apart from Friends, it's the best finale of a show I've ever seen. Is apart Friends, from Friends? Is Friends finale good? Friends, yeah, it really fucks you up. It's a, it's a good one. But it's not going to mean anything to you because you didn't watch it Can I be up. honest with you, man? I know I'm you don't really, like it. I mean, I, uh, no, no, I, no. I, no I, I have not watched an episode, so I do not. I cannot, you've never seen I have not, You've never I been cannot, in a doctor's office? I cannot speak to the quality of Friends. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, it was on like, what, 10 seasons, 12 seasons? It was on like a long time. 10, yeah. And it's still... I will admit, though, that I was weirded out when people were like, wait, Friends is going to be off Netflix for however many months until it's on this app. It's like, y'all are still watching Friends that regularly? Oh, that yeah. it being off the air for that, like... Yeah. Yeah, I don't revisit it. I don't revisit anything. I don't, like, once it's once it's done, it's, it's I never. Me. It's dead to me. I never go back. It's no, yeah. It's I unless it's, I'm watching with somebody that hasn't seen it. It's refreshing. It's a. It's a night. It's you know. It's comforting. It's yeah, like yeah. it's like revisiting your favorite meal. I've rewatched. I haven't like I've rewatched The Office and Scrubs and stuff. I don't really watch rewatch stuff anymore unless because there's too many things. Unless it's just filling background noise. Yeah, and I have uh, trouble with that. I, I'm I'm very much like I have trouble. I've start. I, Full disclosure, listen, there's a reason we stopped doing the show. Uh, I started doing that with our superhero shows just because there's like six of them we have to watch. So at a certain point, I got to do other stuff while I'm doing it. Yeah. But normally, it's like if I can't sit down and focus on the thing, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather not do it. But I mean, since I already did watch all of it, yeah, 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 it's now just like nice. And it's like when you hear like the jokes, like they're funny. Like yeah. it's, still, it's still good. And definitely there are things that are dated culturally as in no-nos. Like yeah. just, but it's from a different time. But it still can be funny and you can still appreciate what it is. Um, I feel like people use that excuse for like way worse things. <laughs> they use that. So that's like not a great. It's not a great answer. Um, but the Friends finale was really good. It was a really good one. And uh, Parks and Rec, Danny M says in the chat, uh, and the Good Place are on par for their finales. Parks and Rec's finale is is really good. It does such a good job just tying the bow. The Office 
just because it kind of started to lose speed. I do like its finale. Mm-hmm. Um, Where Michael leaves, I like that too. I uh, mean, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Andy's last line in the finale finale of yeah. the extended seasons. Yeah. Uh, in the epilogue that was two seasons long, <laughs> the he has that line where it's uh, you don't know when you're in the good times when you're in them. Yeah. And I wish I did. Like it was like something along those lines. You know what's so funny is talk about things that are dated, but not in like the bat like no no sense, but in the time of like the wait who should be the one that replaces Michael? Well. Andy, that actor's blown up because of the hangover, so I guess him. And it's like, and now, however many years later, you're like, what? <laughs> like, I did what? I liked the reasoning for it because of the character arc he had already been on to that point. Yeah, um, that he had the most self improvement. That like the because he wasn't supposed to be on the show long term. Yeah, yeah, they ended up liking him a lot, and they're like, "Fuck, we really nuked your character because you have all those anger issues mm-hmm. where you like punched a hole in the wall." Yeah. And then they kind of had to reset him a little bit and made him a regular person. Yeah. And all the work they did to make Angela a bad person and cheat on him with Dwight, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you you can't help but empathize with him. Like, he sucks. Like, yeah. the way Dwight sucks, but it's just different. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that show, yeah, I'm glad it ended when Michael left. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Mike, uh, I'm going to be sad when Brooklyn Nine-Nine ends because it's probably going to be a really thoughtful ending as well. Yeah. Oh, man, Mike sure he's good. I cannot wait to see what he comes up with next because yeah, well, he talked a little bit about. There's an interview um, with him in the Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. He was trying to avoid like he didn't want to like swoop in and like explain everything. Mm-hmm. But this is an interview he did uh, before the episode aired, and they kind of asked him about what his plans were for uh, the future. And he kind of talked about like he's going to take a little bit of, of a break. Um, good, but good. Uh, but he talked about because um, he likes being a facil- facilitator. He says, uh, "quote I'm producing Jen um, Statsky's pilot. Um, she's doing with Paul Downs and Lucia and and Yellow. Sorry, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Oh, good check. on HBO. Uh, Mike uh, Max and Sierra Ornelas, uh, who worked on Brooklyn, is actively running Ruth Ruth Rutherford Falls. Good lord, I'm just summing my way through this. But anyway, he talks about like he doesn't want to take too long." Because uh, he's he's like I feel like it's riding a bike. It's sort of like riding a bike. If you take too much time off, you're gonna uh, going to be way worse at riding a bike, and the bike is going to have a broken chain, and it'll take a long time to get moving again. So he's going to take a little bit of a break, but jump on another show as soon as he can. Which I think is if you can get in, like he's got an overall deal with NBC Universal, which is like good. Like mm-hmm. I'm glad. It's same thing with going back to Criminal at Brew Baker and Sean Phillips. I think are one of the few creators that has like a deal with Image that it's basically like we'll publish whatever you do, and it's like. Good man, because you just you just don't want you. They even ask him a little bit about this in this Hollywood Reporter interview about like, did NBC like give you like roll any eyes when you said like I want to do a thing about the afterlife? And he talked about similar with Ted Danson how he had he basically had the whole first season mapped out. It wasn't just a general idea. Like he had how it would work as a show. Um, and he's like, no, they were pretty good. So it's like you're just thankful because you feel like a show like this should stop from happening like creativity is normal you, the impression is creativity is kind of tamped down by studios so when you have creators like michael Schur or ed brubaker that kind of just get to do their thing it's like thank you because i just want more of this stuff like i want i'm, I'm glad in this finale specifically is about the importance of endings and things ending and, and how that's okay uh and it's a in the finale is a good example of that but then you want them to you know what i mean once the wave goes back into the ocean, you want the water, water to make something new, I guess, is the, is the, <laughs> is the saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, by the way, I did want to give a big shout out to Neednoggle. He's the guy who, that's what they call him. His, his last name is Neednoggle, who does all the VFX for the show. Nice. He, he adds it up, but his team is very small. He's like, he worked on like, I think he worked on like a Transformers movie with like hundreds of people, and yeah. he was a part of that. Yeah. Then he went to leading, and he had like, 
12. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's not a lot of people to pull off what they do in The Good Place. And overall, the VFX in The Good Place are, like, good. Yeah. You know, like, they, some are great. Yeah. And, like, in the ones where you don't notice it that are, that are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so cool how much this show trusted every department to do the job of basically what the writers do, kind yeah. of. Where, like, mentioned it before, but, like, any background shit where it's, like... When Michael and the and like the Soul Squad, when they realize they, in season two that they can't just take a plane to the, they can't just go to the good place because he doesn't even know how to get to the good place. Yeah, and they make him a human kit, and it's like filled with shit. Mm-hmm. The writers didn't come up with what that it was. The prop department went through and was like, "Well, what humans have? It's like, oh, you need like a stress ball yeah. that you're never gonna throw away because you're like, well, maybe I'll use it, yeah. like, or, or a set of car keys, like all this shit. Like they come up with it, or uh, if ever humans were working on their like philosophy papers, they are fully written. They mm-hmm. are not." and they have like thesis statements and it's not just like like in comic books sometimes it's like someone stands on the keyboard and like fills it out or you know those fake books that I hear filled with like uh, random gobbledygook no these are written out and they're written specifically like the characters and that's the prop department making those decisions and it's cool that you can of course like you want to surround yourself with people that like you can trust to like get shit done and like you always hear that in like businesses and stuff but when you listen to Mike Sure talk about it where it's like oh yeah like there's like details that like people will point it's like oh did you do that and they're like no, no I didn't like they made a joke one time that when they were doing the reboots and they would run to Mindy's house there was a note of like what they tried to do before mm-hmm. and one of them was catch that magic panda steal his powers <laughs> and he's like oh it was Jason and then later yeah they uh, need Noggle, the, the VFX guy, put in a teleporting panda that was just chewing on a bamboo thing mm-hmm, yeah. in a scene. It's when they're tearing down the, the neighborhood. Yeah. He's bouncing around in the background. And, like, all the actors, he, he never told anybody. Yeah. It's in the background, though. Also, they would mention sometimes a four-headed flying bear. Yeah. And it looked like a dragon. It never looked like a bear, but he showed, like, the VFX. Like, no, it's a four-headed flying bear. And when Jason and... And Ted Danson, Michael, when yeah. they were trying to get to the bad place to go save Janet, yeah. you can see a skeleton of the four-headed flying like dragon yeah. bear thing in the in the desert. And he just put that in there to yeah. kind of like fill it out. It's so cool hearing how hard everybody worked in all of their different sectors to make this show work. Yeah. And that Mike trusts all of them to that level, that he, he knew that he was going to be getting a good product. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's speaking of like we were talking about with friends, like watching stuff in the background. Sabretooth Ewok says, watching it while trying to do work was a mistake. Yeah. I was a mess. I've never had a show make me feel like this show did for four seasons. My favorite lesson is the important thing about humans is not that we are perfect, is that we try to learn from our mistakes and try to do better the next day. The pure joy that is placed in the human experience, despite the crap we endure, I just had, I had felt before the sh- uh, despite the crap that we endure, I just felt had felt before the show. And the finale summed it up perfectly it is a very sweet lesson mm-hmm. when we get to watching the new humans go through their the the roundabout to yeah. figure out if they can become better people that for a second uh brett got better yeah a little bit mm-hmm. um and because we did and the the potential that he could be better tomorrow yeah and it's oh my god and and that's actually Kristen Bell's directorial debut. She's never nice. directed anything before. And it was that episode, and that's a big. That's when like all the Janet show up. Disco yeah. Janet comes mm-hmm. in, uh, which that must have been fucking hell yeah. to shoot. Um, but it, it's so sweet. It's such a sweet, yeah. earnest, and, and it feels like a. Tr- it's not, like of course it's an optimistic outlook on how the universe and humanity and everything. But it also it feels fair. Yeah. You know, like people do shitty things. We do shitty things. Like I, we, no one's. You hope that people aren't actively trying to fuck up each other. Yeah. Like they do, but 
you hope at the end of the day, if it if push came to shove, some people would be good people. And yeah. yeah, and the show explores that to the fullest extent. It sucks that this show ends at four seasons and it's not going on forever and ever and can mm. always make my soul feel good. Yeah. But it'll always be there and I can always revisit it and, and cry the same mm-hmm. tears every time. I've rewatched parts of the show with people and that ending when Eleanor rev- finds out what's real yeah i got to watch it with someone recently because they were like oh no, no i've heard good things but they didn't know yeah and uh i was watching it with somebody else who kind of like walking like oh did we get to the part i'm like anything yet so when it got to the finale uh the person i was watching was was kind of like on the fence like it's good but like not really into it so when you get to that it's not yeah. real yeah. they were like <laughs> what and then yeah. we would start going back and like watching it's like yeah you'd never see ted dancing alone yeah. because if you did you'd see that he was scheming the entire yeah. time, which is so smart. Which, yeah. uh, and uh, and he's got a great evil laugh. And I'm listening to Dak Shepard's, which, by the way, that was his suggestion. The evil laugh? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it was supposed to be that he was going to throw a tantrum mm-hmm. that, like, you fuck, you messed it all yeah. up. And what he wanted to do was, he was like, let me just try one. Mm-hmm. And he did that laugh, and everyone was like... Ugh. Yeah. They it's, felt, it's shockingly <laughs> good. Like, yeah. it's, it's a really dark, evil laugh. Yeah, it really hurts yeah. when you hear it. Um, but, yeah, the... Uh, Rewatching it. Oh, I was listening to the Dak Shepherd podcast, and he said watching the show with the first season with Kristen. He said it's really good, but like you are not utilizing Ted Danson whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, because mm-hmm. <laughs> she knew, Ted knew, and Michael knew, and then yeah. the writers knew, yeah. and nobody else. None of the production team knew. None of the actor, other actors knew. Please go watch the video when they reveal it's the second to last episode. They read the script for the last episode to the three humans, to yeah. Jason, Chidi, and uh, Tahani. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Sure is reading it to them, and you just see like their brains explode. Yeah. It's so good because they didn't know what the show was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. So uh, we also have a uh, something here from it's Danny M, but it's toss a coin to you, Danny. I like the Witcher reference. Um, I'm glad they went separately because they are individuals and friends grow apart. Uh, or move away, but that doesn't mean they're they don't care for each other anymore. It was great. I like that as as well, and also just because of you know, when it's rare. Unlike the Notebook, mm-hmm. people don't go at the same time. Have you seen the Notebook? I, of course, I've been forced to watch the Notebook. Well, you see about time. <laughs> well, I haven't been forced <laughs> to watch about time yet. Um, but uh, but yeah, I thought that was in and, and it and it makes things and it, it's interesting because you and I talked about a little bit about this. Once they introduce the idea of the once they get to the good place, the idea that happens is since everybody gets everything they want all the time for eternity, they start kind of becoming mush because there's you know, there's what, no stakes anymore. Yeah, and so what they do to fix it is they introduce by the way, I think they could have paced this. The one hiccup this season is the episode before that was a little weak. So I was like, maybe we <sighs> yeah. could have paced that this, episode yeah. differently. To unpack the solution, which the solution is, you make a door that when you go through, you're done. And we don't quite know what happens because you can't test it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, And and it was I I wrestled with it because it is sad, but that's the point. You Mm -hmm. need to be a little bit sad to enjoy the good stuff. Um, And it's interesting the the you know because you hope I hope that some people hope differently. We're all different, but like I don't want it to just once we go. It's just all over because that's that's to me is is a pretty bleak mm-hmm. you know what i mean um uh but the way the show tackles that notion and kind of has it both ways has cake and eats it too there's the afterlife but also at a certain point and you know what i mean like i think the episode before this did a good job 
giving you like a juxtaposition where they they throw out the idea of like how do you fix the the good place like oh we reset them Mm -hmm. and it's like well you can't use the same playbook that the bad place has like that's then why are you in the good place like and also having an exit is more good place than before because if it's the good place you should have a choice as well and like with the bad place you can't leave you have to go through it you're being tortured forever but in the good place you get everything you want as well as an exit if you want to yeah and that's hard because it's it, well, it, unknown stuff is scary and the idea that you could be so fulfilled spiritually or whatever matters to you mm-hmm. because this finale deals with everyone else's different definition of it oh my god i'm gonna watch it again tonight i'm gonna cry like a little baby yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna cry like a little baby it's interesting too because it's like i remember when they introduced um uh jeremy bear me i had a moment of like well, I don't think that's how time in the afterlife works. And I was like, well, that's not the point. That's, that's not the point, point that they're, they're Remember, making. They, they show a clock on the wall and it's just like a bunch of different gears moving in different directions. And you're like, yeah, that's Yeah, because it's, it's I, cause it also it's, it's supposed to break cheating. And it's kind of like uh, it's something that I feel like comedies between this and Rick and Morty. I feel like comedies are interestingly uniquely suited to tackle big ac- abstract ideas that would not make. It's almost like the the comedic equivalent of like the Lovecraftian Cthulhu breaks your brain stuff because it would be nonsense if you're in Rick and Morty's example if you're looking at TV from other dimensions it would be insane Mm -hmm. because they're theoretically playing with a completely different it's not like the DC universe where it's like it's Superman but his cape's black you know what I mean like he's a demon (laughs) you know what I mean like it'd be it theoretically could be anything and so time being it would Break your brain, you know. I like to imagine that if there would be an afterlife, you're shedding your your mortal coil. So therefore, the aspect of you that experiences time is your physical self is gone. So therefore, you don't have. They even talk. Janet talks about this in the finale that she experiences time differently. It's kind of like a Doctor Manhattan situation where she yeah, experiences everything really once. Sweet. Yeah, and it's like, well, that that would be. I would imagine if there is an afterlife, I would imagine it would function similarly. That you just there is no there's no time anymore you're beyond time you're beyond that that construct and you also lose stuff like you can't taste things you physical stuff that's not part of your that's what you lose in passing in the afterlife but then you're 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 not a being of energy or whatever that you know what i mean mm-hmm. i like but i do like that they add different human elements to the way the afterlife works here like you yes. can still eat it works significantly still... better as a comedy it does yeah, yeah, yeah. um and also i was trying to think of like what's the a way a drama usually deals with it it's like star trek where it's like oh like the wormhole sucking in the light and it's moving like this oh like the way a ship moves in a bottle and yeah. it's like they always use a, an, an analogy where it's like that's not what it means yeah. but it works enough where yeah. the comedy can fully say what they're trying to say yeah. and then when they display it you're like oh okay so it doesn't make any sense yeah. but those are what the rules are now so we'll have to play with that and um man i can't believe they got timothy oliphant yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh i'm pretty sure i think did you read an interview with michael Schur mm-hmm. talking about how they were they followed that show from oh i i have never uh felt more connected to Michael Schur than when he was gushing about Justified. It's like, oh yeah, he and I, he, he and I would at least have one thing to talk about. <laughs> also, I mean, he is a big Lost fan, clearly. Yeah. There's a lot of references and also the leftovers joke where that Carrie Coon didn't get an mm-hmm. Emmy. I'm like, I almost deleted 2% of the population. <laughs> Just to make a point. Did you know that like their podcasts and there's like so many yeah. <laughs> they just keep coming out with more Michael Schur in this interview with the Hollywood Reporter talked a little bit about um, uh 
the afterlife and how he was researching different ones and he kind of did a, a cliff notes version of hinduism where oh yeah he yeah. says he has like a wikipedia's worth of knowledge of <laughs> something he's like i'm not i can't teach anything yeah i just can talk about it a little bit yeah, and it talked a little bit about you know the what we and the what we understand of karma is you build up some good stuff and then you're born into a better life into a better life into a better life until basically you become a god and then he goes on but the thing is you're not a god forever you're a god and you're hanging out with other gods but you slowly use up your karma you burn off those karmic chits uh, that uh, got you there and when you're out you start over the sort of weirdly makes sense to me uh the process can't just be that you get to god status and then you're just there forever that's not a reward that it's a punishment being anywhere forever no matter how great it is ends up being a punishment so it made total sense to me that at some point you'd be like all right back into the pool mm-hmm. yeah i like that that's um you ever seen the what Dreams May Come, starring Robin Williams. I am aware of it, but I don't think I've seen it. Do you know the basic, yeah. basic premise for people who don't know? It's the movie starts with um, Robin Williams dying. And yeah. so he goes straight to heaven and basically shows the idea of what a personal heaven can look like and also interconnected heavens when you can meet people. Yeah. Um, his heaven, since he's a painter and he's a big fan of paintings, his world is like a painting, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Like he grabs a plant and he squeezes it and it turns into paint. Mm-hmm. But if he wants to, he can change the perspective and it looks like something real now. Yeah. Like it's, one of my favorite because immediately he meets his childhood dog and it comes to like greets him and yeah. it's so sweet but and he starts a sad part is his kids died when they were teenagers in mm-hmm. a car accident and it was, he wasn't taking him to school he was going they were going to school with some friends yeah. and he starts meeting his uh his his kids throughout as they go through heaven and uh they do introduce an idea where it's like you can be here forever or you can go back mm-hmm. if you want to since yeah. it's if you're in heaven you get the choice like yeah. you can go and start all over again and since he finds out that he and his wife are soulmates and they even talk about they're like yeah that's just kind of like something you say on earth like no mm. you guys are though yeah you the like things that she would do on earth would affect his heaven yeah and it was such a sweet idea where like she's painting a tree and all of a sudden it like starts growing out of the ground it's very the imagery is really beautiful there's definitely problems with the movie but yeah. the the goal of the film crew was actually to re- recreate popular like uh renaissance paintings in the movies with mm-hmm. robin williams anyways the idea of having reincarnation as an option where they say, do you want to go around again and try to see if you can meet each other again yeah. uh, as as people on Earth that are totally different, uh, it was just a sweet idea that yeah. like your kids will always be there and you'll see them again and like maybe you can have more kids and there's more like interactions and stuff. There's like it, Anyways, What Dreams May Come is beautiful and I love that interpretation of yeah. of the afterlife. And it it's all scary. It's meant yeah. to be. It's bigger than us. Yeah. And it's... And it means ending. It means you don't get to have the things that you have now that you like and the people that you have in your life that matter to you for better or worse. And I love, I truly love the haunting but beautiful idea that you'd have a choice to not be in paradise. Yeah. I also like, if we're talking about fictional afterlifes, because I'm a big fucking nerd, uh, I'm a big fan of the one that's uh, introduced at the end of All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison. Which one was it? Uh, oh, the- so, yeah, yeah. So, so, and because it's Grant Morrison, it's one big idea. Like, it's one panel that introduces, like, a crazy big idea, and then he just moves on like it's nothing. <laughs> uh, but it's basically Superman, um, Superman, because the whole point of All-Star Superman is that he's dying. He's, he's, uh, he was basically had to save somebody on the sun. So he's got more powers than ever, but it's, it's cell death. He's dying. And so the whole series is leading up to his death. And finally he dies and he meets Jor-El in the afterlife. And Jor-El's like, oh yeah, we've, uh, uh, Kryptonians knew for a long, we've figured out that basically you make, you make uh, mind palaces. So if you do good stuff, you build this great mind palace of your memories for yourself. And if you do bad stuff, you basically create a prison for yourself, but it's based off what you did in life. But you basically create your own punishment or reward. Um, 
and I love about it too because basically it's Joel's like, yeah, you get to hang out with your mom and me and get to be with your other loved ones and all this stuff. Or you get to go be Superman one more time and it's basically like, and if you do that, you'll never die and everybody else is going to die around you and because he's Superman, he's like, well, I got to I, I got to go save Superman. everybody. I got to go save everybody. It's really, really cool. But I liked, I, I liked that one. It's a, well, a sadder one. And you're going to, this will make sense when I say who the writer is. Mark Russell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, when he was writing Snagglepuss, yeah. weirdly, yeah. which that book is beautiful. Yeah. He, uh, Huckle, man, I fucking hate that I have to use these fucking cartoon <laughs> names to talk about this. Huckleberry Allen yeah, yeah. Um, is in a depressed state. <laughs> this is really sweet so yeah. I want to say but it's this sounds so stupid um he is in a depressed state and yeah. he's on the phone talking to Snagglebus <laughs> and he talks about that because he oh there's gonna be a, uh, both sad and confusing because of these are cartoon characters yeah they are both gay men that are closeted but also as out as you can be in the 50s yeah. and Huck had a kid mm-hmm. and a wife, but he loved a man. He yeah. fell in love with a man and and would had an affair with him and got caught. And his wife outed him publicly because he was having an affair. That's bad, and he knows that's bad. And, yeah. and every, basically, he was running out of town, and he can never see his son again. And like, yeah. and he can't see his wife again. And he's and he's unbelievably depressed because he made this mistake. Mm-hmm. And he gets to a point where he's on the phone and he's talking with his friend and he's like talking about what he thinks heaven could be and he's like i really hope it's not heaven or hell the way we think of it i hope it's like we get to wait until the people that were in our lives were there and we can talk about we basically can apologize to each other and then we can go off and be like eternal beings basically mm-hmm. eternal beings or we're matter in the universe and we yeah. have to build new things that are great i fucking hate that i have to mm-hmm. explain that these are cartoon characters yeah, yeah. talking about this but um it was just this moment where it was like it, isn't that kind of what you want to be like spiritually fulfilled that you can mm-hmm. try to understand each other to the best of your ability and then both of you come to an agreement where or, or come to some some form of closure that's the point yeah and you get to move on yeah. and whatever moving on is it's the yeah. last time that you get to be human yeah. basically and that after that you get to you move on to something that is you can't understand anymore. And of course, Mark Russell came up with that. The, mm-hmm. the, he, is he, Huckleberry he, Hound's kid a little blue doll? He is. Okay, <laughs> he is, and he uh, and after that, um, Huckleberry Hound kills himself. <laughs> and I was like, shocking. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. kills himself, and uh, because of his depression, and it's mm-hmm. also during McCarthyism, and so they're all yeah. being outed and uh, being blacklisted as communists, and now they can never work again. It's. Yeah. So good, yeah. It's and it won a bunch of awards. It just happens to star a pink panther and a <laughs> and a pink a big pink cat and a, a blue and, dog. And that's part of the the ridiculousness of yeah. it too. Which of course Nagelpuss is he's a gay playwright in New York, <laughs> and he's writing all the best plays. It, it all yeah. makes sense. Uh, um, and and that's kind of what this show uh, ends on is this idea of the good place is just more time to like it, to get your closure to do the things you wanted to do in life uh as we see in the finale people getting some closure with the, their loved ones and stuff like that and then and then you move on and, and some are just beating video games uh, <laughs> and also yeah and some are just beating video games and uh and i like with with michael we get we go back to the idea of uh with his situation of not knowing of of not knowing and i think it's 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 tough if you're somebody like me and you don't like not knowing if you're 
my mom loves to tell a story about when I went to one of these aquariums and I was like, pet the stingray. And I made sure I watched the other kids pet the stingray first to be like, all right, this is, this is going to turn out okay. And you can't do that with death. Guess what? You can't. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's, but not knowing is part of the adventure and we all don't know together. And that doesn't stop us for hating another person for having an opinion about something that nobody knows about. <laughs> yeah. No, we're fully capable of doing yeah. that. Um, but this show uh, I truly beloved and I would watch again. Yes. Because it's all the good good feelings and the bad feelings. I, I rewatched the episode a couple times when they come to the realization of like, because Brett sucks. And yeah. like they, they really don't give him a... Not, I was going to say don't give him a chance. Yeah. He makes all the decisions he's mm-hmm. going to make about being a bad person. Um, but when they get to the res the the decision that he could he has the potential to be a good person yeah. he's just made a lot of bad ones yeah. and also maybe i hate this example where people are like well you know like his environment caused him to no. be the way he was and it was like yeah that's kind of true but also he made decisions yeah um which i like that they bring that up too and it's like when confronted with different things he can make a different decision yeah which also we all love assholes in, in fiction and like do you think they'd be going to the good place? Yeah, like yeah. no, they no, they're like they're yeah, assholes. Walter White's going to the bad place for sure. But we like watching his him him in yeah. those shows and also part of you kind of wants him to be okay. Yeah. Even though he's he, a bad person. He would, he would have to go through a lot of bad place cycles before he was able to get over his bullshit. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah. It's so sweet. Um, but gang, we'll be talking about this. And keep an eye out on patreon.com slash only stupid answers because we got new stuff coming. We want to be watching more stuff with you guys and doing reviews, possibly getting you guys more involved in it because that'd be yes, a lot of fun. That would be really uh, cool. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. There'll be updates this week. DJ, yes. final thoughts. Um, Danny M in the chat says, me in the good place. Janet, play Smallville season one through ten, ten please. please. At the that, same that time. Would, that would take up your eternity. That would, <laughs> you got to fill it that, up. That would, that would, that would take a chunk. The special features. <laughs> Now give me the season 11 that never happens. But, re- oh, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> yeah. The best. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, this uh, final thoughts on the show. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Great. I'm very excited to see whatever he does next. Um, uh, and Somebody pointed out, I think it was in this Hollywood Reporter uh, interview or something else, that a lot of his shows are basically individuals versus bureaucracy. Hmm. Uh, keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's it's very important in today's with the world we live in now, and and I I appreciate a show that is able to find a way to tell compelling stories while still being positive, which feels like Broad City did a same a similar thing, and that was produced by Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you'd think like trauma and stuff comes from like tension and da, 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 da. and I love Breaking Bad and I love those shows like I love all that stuff but it's cool to see shows just fully invest in the idea of being positive positive people being positive around each other and struggling to maintain that this tension comes in and maintain that positivity when the world around you not is not so into it where literal demons are trying to yeah. make you break yeah. um, by the way mention it before mention again Steven Universe does that and I get why like if you didn't want to watch it or anything I'll like probably that, catch it at some point it, but there's so many things there are yeah. and also the first couple episodes are like rough to get through and then but they're also 10 minutes yeah it's it's not barely an investment (laughs) you blink and they're gone yeah but anyways that show similarly takes a character that is unendingly positive and actively tries to be like hey just so you know your mom was a war criminal that (laughs) murdered somebody and probably caused the death of a bunch of other people and you're like and since they don't know what kids are you're the one who's responsible for this and it's like (laughs) anyways Another show that if you want to be both happy and sad at the same time, check it out. But also check out 
me on Twitter at Sam Basher. <laughs> and me at DJ Talks Trash. At Only Stupid Answers. And you got the vowels from Stupid. Yes. If you're still watching those superhero shows, we'll be talking about it on the Discord. We can even talk about it on Twitter. We can talk about them everywhere. But also go support Roxy at Roxy Stryer on yes. YouTube, on Twitter, on everywhere that matters. She's doing good stuff and she's been a big part of uh, the success of our Patreon in this yes. show. So please go show, them, go show them some love. Kayla and Danny, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you to everyone who always watches live with us. And we'll see you guys very soon. All right. Bye bye.